0: Welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. So without further ado, let's get going. How are you doing? Don't lie, don't swear you're live on uh, Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: I'm good, thank you.
0: Yeah, jolly good. <laughs> I think this is all working. Facebook's still streaming, so it's all good. How's your day been? Busy.
2: Busy? <laughs> really busy, but good, yeah.
0: Yes. It's nice to be busy, isn't it?
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> After having it? so long where we haven't been, it's it's really nice to be busy, yeah.
0: That's it. And is it getting busier? Are, are you seeing that calls are coming in? And, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, so um, I would say at the moment we're averaging 25 calls, 30 calls a day.
0: Wow, wow. And do you, how do you manage that? Do you, um, sorry, I've gone straight into like <laughs> you know, your business. I mean, it's interesting though, isn't it? Like, how do you, how do you manage all these phone calls? Because I know it's difficult for us, like. You just, yeah, it, it you it is. The at the in.
2: moment I feel like I need to employ a receptionist or something to be honest um it's really really difficult i'm using voice notes a lot where i don't have a spare hand where i'm either driving or scissoring or or and i don't have a pen to hand so i'm using voice voice notes a lot and um i'm just sort of uh obviously having a chat with the clients on the phone when they call but at the moment i'm asking them to just send me um a text or a whatsapp with all their details on and i'm just saying to them that i will get back to you but it won't be until this evening um because obviously i need to to get on with the dogs and and whatnot and they're all fine with that
0: yeah it just eats into your day doesn't it? it eats into your evening it does like
2: before you know it like i'll take one phone i'll stop to stop a dog to take one phone call and then before i know it it's like half an hour later
1: yeah
0: yeah, because people like to chat as well, especially now if you've not seen a dog for so long. But um, are you finding a lot of your customers? Uh, obviously, we talked about matting last time. Are you finding that some of them are, are in a worse state than maybe you'd hoped? Or
2: um, no, to be honest, they've been pretty good. Um, yeah. So uh, we've we've carried on doing uh, like our, our doodly types yeah
1: um
2: because a lot of them are in very long uh long teddy bear trims anyway um so they you know they were never gonna go months without (laughs) you know without having problems um so uh you know a lot of the ones that we would expect to be heavily matted we've we've done them already yeah
0: yeah, we um we've not I mean, maybe we've not been so hot on that, but we're we're starting to see some customers coming in now, and you know they're they're completely sort of shaved off, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately today yeah. we had a, a customer that was surprised about that, but. <laughs> well. You know, now this this might be a classic that a lot of people see. And it's certainly a classic that we've got used to. And, you know, it falls on a little bit of education from us, but we are getting better. We're trying to educate the customer as to your dog's going to get naked. Yeah. <laughs> as, you, as you know, you know, like this won't happen again because you said, this, was what, this is the result of your dog getting mad. Yeah.
2: And it's, the thing it's, is, it's about managing expectations as well, yeah. because... I had a conversation with a customer today who um, was actually a new client of ours. We've never done her before. Um, And she seemed petrified of us taking the dog short. Mm. Um, And sort of having a chat with her, it all stemmed from the fact that she had obviously said to a groomer at some point in the past, I like my dog short. And that was the conversation. I like my dog short. And so they 7 f this Maltese and it looked like a little pink piglet. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like we all know that Maltese have got very thin coats and, it, you know, you don't have to go that short before they look very bold. Um, and, yeah, this this poor little thing looked like a little pink piglet and the woman is now petrified of saying to a groomer short and it's it's that conversation between what they think is short they you say to an owner short they probably think that's like two inches of coat whereas you say to us short like our our 10 blade is going pick me pick me (laughs) you know like it's completely different
0: you're right it is about having that conversation but the, the situation we find is husband takes the dog in we have that conversation you know and then somebody
2: and else picks it up
0: husband picks up and takes home and wife gets very angry
2: and yeah, you yeah know, it's we, it's it's really difficult when you've got different people dropping off and different people picking up
0: really hard we we've actually installed um a cctv camera in our reception area which has got really crisp um audio on it yeah. it's really interesting because we obviously had this complaint come in today and um emma re-watched the cctv of uh, our our member of staff explaining to the husband you know it's very matted it's all going to come off in two lumps it's going to have to go very short and he's literally walking around the reception sort of Going, yeah, it's fine. Sort of like not listening, yeah. And then you know, it's very. You then have to pick up the pieces with the other half, and yeah, we find that happens so much.
2: Um, yeah, and it is it is really difficult, and it's, it's about being, um, you know, as as clear as you can with your documentation as well. Like, I mean, it's great that you've got your CCTV with your audio. Obviously, not a lot of people have that. If we did, it would make our lives a lot easier. Um, but you know, not everybody has that. Right. Um, so um just you know, make sure that you are explaining things in customer terms as well. Um so I don't tend to use like the terms like short or 7F or whatnot, right. because they, that clearly They don't understand that. So I tend to sort of say to them, you know, the dog, this is where it comes from, where I say, look, your dog is going to be naked, but they (laughs) understand that. Um, Or, you know, when you say you want your dog short, do you mean Labrador short, whippet short? And then they'll suddenly go, oh, no, no, I don't mean short. Um, And just if they do agree to anything, just really, really clearly documenting everything down that you've discussed in their terms and reading it back to them as well. Yeah. So before I take the dog off them, I'll say, okay, so we have discussed that your dog is matted in this place, that place, the other place, and you are agreeing that you are happy for me to make your dog extremely naked. Sign here, please.
1: Yeah.
2: So, you know, they are signing to say that they have understood what I am going to do.
0: Yeah, you know, you get into these situations. You're never going to win between the husband and wife bond. No. But again, we um, we took photos of the pet. You know, we took photos yeah. of it being halfway. There was nothing else that could be done. It was
2: yeah. Like said,
0: there was no recovery.
2: Yeah.
1: So we At the end of the day, as
2: long as you've got your documentation, you've got your photos. If you've got your your CCTV with your audio and stuff, brilliant. And that's what, what can you do? Do you do? you've covered your back. You've covered your back.
0: It's just funny, whenever um, Emma comes home and says, oh, we've had an uh, unhappy customer, and it always starts, the husband brought it in, I know exactly what the story's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm, sure, I'm sure a lot of people all over the country watching this will, uh, if they've not come across it yet, be wary. Yeah. Than, uh, <laughs> when, the other when
2: thing too, I, um, I do tend to ask, "Will are you the one that's going to be picking the dog up?
0: Or what we do sometimes is phone the wife once he's dropped off, just to double check. Make sure what you is. want. <laughs> yeah, just to so yeah. If you're um, if you're new to grooming, keep an eye out on this one because it does come back to uh, back to bite you now, then doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> and, a lot. Uh, yeah, and going to your your you know really good problem, your good issue of being busy on the phone. Have you ever considered like um, a virtual? aren't like pa or virtual assistant or
1: anything like that have you looked into that?
2: no because um the way the way i work and the way i run my business is customers want to talk to me mm-hmm. or they want to talk to one of the girls and they they like the fact that they go oh it's mr smith with fluffy and we go oh hello how is fluffy and you know they like that even if you haven't got a clue who fluffy is because you've got 27 fluffies on your books they they want to feel that you know exactly who they are that they're talking to somebody that knows them that knows their dog and it just makes them feel that little bit special and that little bit more valued as a customer so it would be a lot easier to have, um, you know, like a virtual reception, virtual PA, well, you know, however it works. But I think that just wouldn't work for us. Not yeah. to say that it wouldn't work for other businesses, but just for us and our business model. I just don't think it's something that we would want to go down. I think we would lose that that personal touch. personal touch yeah
0: it's very difficult um we've gone way off topic or supposed to talk about but it's quite interesting <laughs> for everyone it's very difficult to make that leap and hire a receptionist I, we have actually got a lady and she's in this group Kim um who will be starting with us in April or hopefully when lockdown and she's going to do reception but you know they're not uh, money earners are they they're not doing the
1: groom no
2: it's um in a way it you you kind of think oh they're not money earners it's it's sort of dead money as it were but if that frees up the groomers to groom then I know they're not directly bringing in money but they're still bringing in money into the business because they're making sure that your your skilled stylists can actually do what you're paying them to do right. because you at the end of the day you're paying stylists to groom dogs not sit and answer the phone
0: yeah and exactly right and you know it's uh, investing a bit in your business and investing mm-hmm. in a receptionist or someone yeah. to answer your phone someone who can upsell your products so you know um it's a very good idea to have products to be able to sell to your customers but if you haven't got the time to explain yeah like, teeth cleaning or um other products you might be selling at a the time, then you're not gonna you're not gonna do it, you're not gonna be able to upsell, are you?
2: No, and sometimes having that, that one dedicated person to to sort of deal with the customers is good because um, you know, as you say, they do have the time. And you can't, I can't think of anything worse than if you're running a bit behind with a dog and you've got somebody else that's turned up that little bit early and you've got the phone has been ringing off the hook and you're feeling completely fried and all you want to do is just grab that dog and take it in, but they want to stand there and have a half an hour conversation about Betty down the road. Um, And you're just like, I just don't have time for this. And then sometimes you can come across as being a bit frustrated or a bit short with people or you stand there and have that conversation and then you're running even further behind, which makes you feel even more frazzled Whereas if you've got that dedicated sort of front of house person, they can stand there with every customer to a certain extent and have that that chit chat and you know make them you know makes them feel like you have time for them
0: that's right so um you know kim's role is that customer experience manager i suppose rather than receptionist that's probably a better yep. term isn't it and um, she's going to be focusing on the teeth cleaning mm-hmm. uh, get people onto direct debits for the scheduled grooming yeah you know. then by putting people onto direct debit they then phone less so you then get those phone calls because all their appointments are are booked in. Yeah, and
2: I, I love that system. I picked up that system um, uh, about probably about 10 months ago um, where we, I mean, you can call it what you want, whether you call it VIP club or whatever. Ours is our premier pet club um, and all of their appointments are booked for the year. Um, so they know exactly when their appointments are, what time the appointments are. They pay on the first of every month. And then, you know, it's like you say, it cuts down on those phone calls. The other thing, which I know a lot of groomers are a little bit scared of, um but it's something we've we've trialed with our um the people who do our booking platform and it's worked really well is the online booking as well um and that massively cuts down on the amount of phone calls you have to deal with as well and customers find it really convenient and i know a lot of groomers are a little bit scared of um not having the same control over the diary but um you know you you can set it so that you can approve bookings and there's I'm sure all the different platforms have different ways of of dealing with it um but again if you're looking to potentially cut down the amount of phone calls you have to take because you're working on your own or you know something like that then that's that's potentially another option
0: yeah, I'd be I'd be worried. We get turn up on a Monday morning, got five newfoundlands booked in. But...
2: <laughs> I was I was scared of that initially, but it's it does actually work really really well.
0: We've just um, tentatively put our foot in the water and starting to issue some customer portals with the system that we're using, and we've had some good feedback. But yeah. again, it's that time to set it all up and then. Um, I suppose, being able to play with the online platform to see if we can get it to work to how we want want it to work. So that's interesting. But yeah, there's certainly options out there for people, aren't there, who are busy, maybe working on their own, or just got a couple of them. Um, You know, there's all day PA, stuff like that, or there's online booking, or you're picking up your messages at the end of the day. It's just, every business is different, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's, it's it's all individual, and what works for one person is not necessarily going to work for the next. And it's just about looking at all the options you have available to you and working out what suits you and your business.
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, you posted a probably a week or so now about a, um, a a great day that you had. Everything went to plan. So uh,
1: yeah, one of those yeah. golden days.
0: Yeah, everyone was impressed. <laughs> so let's hear about it. How did you how did you get this day to, to work out?
2: Um, so it's, um, it's one of those days where, um, I mean, (laughs) a couple of people on there, on there commented about, um, you know, that it's unrealistic and things like that. And I think it's not unrealistic because I've just done it. So, um, but what I want people to be aware of is this is not something that I do every single day um and it's one of those things that potentially has got the uh you know there's every chance it could go horrifically wrong as well (laughs) and it has done on occasion as well so um you know I don't want people thinking that I've just like waved a magic wand and everything's just like "Ah," every day because it's not um but this particular day um I uh, my first dog I started grooming at nine in the morning and my last dog i finished it was something like quarter five ten to five in the evening um and in that time I did um eight dogs they were all full grooms mm-hmm. um and again it was a week ago so I'm trying to remember what it was now but it was it was over four hundred pounds for the day um I think it was something like four hundred and 30 something um and that was just me on my own uh just one groomer answering the phone 50 bloody times (laughs) um so um it wasn't um it wasn't meant as opposed to um show off or to sort of make people go you you should be doing this it was just to show you that if you plan it right um, you know, you can get days like this. It's like you with your um, what was it, chihuahuas, was it? Yeah, some little yeah. it was chihuahuas, yeah. Um, chihuahuas you know, yeah, all that money from, from two little weeny weeny dogs that you'd be thinking, God, they're not gonna make me any money, you know. So it just goes to show that if you put the thought in and if you plan it, you you can do these things. And so these dogs, um, they were a mixture. Um, two of them uh, were like little Papillon cross, like little things. Um, one was a Shih Tzu. One was like a Terrier type. Um, I think she's got some Shih Tzu in there. I think she's got some Chihuahua in there. She's just like a little little mix. Um, there was a, I think it was a Cocker. Cocker. It was a Cocker. Um, and then a golden doodle and a labradoodle so straight away you've got two quite big dogs in there and the golden doodle it's a horse it's <laughs> massive it's, it's like the size of a pony um so it, it's just about um looking at the dogs you have how you're going to book them in order to sort of maximize your your day really so Two of the dogs did come from the same home. So those were the, the two little Papillons. So straight away, I'm thinking, right, well, they're small. They're well-behaved. I do know. That's the other thing to point out is all of those eight dogs, I know them. I've been grooming them a long time. So okay. I, it's not something I would do with dogs I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's just trying to work out, like, little ways of booking your diary, little ways of trying to save time um, so
0: but not not only that is, it, is it, when you become more experienced you become more efficient as well then you? Yeah. you know how
2: you know and that's that's probably where probably where I'm going with it in the fact that like it it, it doesn't mean that I'm super fast because I've done eight dogs but like, I am quite a quick groomer but I'm not like I'm not fast, fast,
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but it's things like all of those dogs are, again, it's what we said on the, on the live last time, all of those dogs are on a six-week or less schedule. So I know they are not going to come in knotty. They are not going to come in matted. They are not going to come in overgrown. I know the dogs are well-behaved. I know exactly what kind of haircut they have because they've had the same haircut for the last three, four, five years. Um, And so I know that I can book those dogs back to back and sort of shave that little bit of time off here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's things like with the two little papillons, um, because I've got the two from the same house and, you know, they are well-behaved, they go in the bath together. Um, And because I've got my routine, I will... Shampoo them both. Then I will condition them both. Then I'll sort of chamois them both. Then I'll get them both on the table. Then I'll dry them both together. Then you know the nail clippers come out. I will do all of the nails. I'll then do all of the pads, all of the hygienes, all of the ears, and it's just little things like that which it, you don't think twice about it, but it does shave off that little bit of time. And like those two papillons, for example, that's two full grooms um, and they were done in an hour, under an hour.
1: Mm.
0: And it's that consistency that we talked about last time. And it's something that we try and teach our staff, um, you know, having that routine where you know, you go from one foot to the other, do all the nails, do the hygiene. And then if you do get distracted, you know where you're at. So you go straight back into it. Yeah. And you know where, what you have done, you know that things don't get missed and then that Makes it better for your customers as well, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, especially like at the moment, like we were saying, where the phone is ringing all the time and you've got potentially a lot of distractions, it is really easy to forget to chop that dewclaw or, you know, just something like that. And, you know, owners will pick up on it. And then, you know, then you potentially have got like a complaint or an unhappy customer or or whatnot, but also I think if you have a really good routine and you're seeing these dogs regularly, they know what to expect as well, and they will stand better for you because you have that really solid routine, and they know they know your routine, they know what's going to happen, they know the drill, um, and so if you like, we again we've spoken about this before. Well-behaved dogs are infinitely quicker to groom <laughs> than silly dogs
0: that's right so be picky be picky with your customers
2: yeah yeah like i've got so like today i only groomed three dogs today Mm -hmm. um because two of the dogs were enormous and one of the dogs is not particularly cooperative um so he needs that that extra time um but again it's it's important that if you are doing less dogs, you need to make sure you charge it accordingly for it so um, in my head, like the I've done two standard poodles today they're they're big dogs, they're in longer haircuts in my head when I'm working out sort of my my figures and my targets and what I need to work out in my head, I'm working on that being two dogs mm-hmm. because I know they're gonna take me twice as long, but I also know I'm gonna charge twice as much um you know because of what they have so in my head I'm thinking that's two dogs that dog is two dogs that dog is worth two dogs so if you look at my figures like from a money point of view I've, I've done the equivalent of six today even though I've actually only groomed three um but it's also about um like upselling as well again going back to your packages that you do it's about um you know maximizing the amount of money that each customer is going to spend with you as well. Like that 400 odd quid that I took the other day, that was not just from a groom.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, it's, it's having those, those extra ways to sort of just eke that little bit extra money out of your customers each time as well.
0: And it, it's not, um, a, it's not a dishonest thing because, you know, no. like we said about those dogs with the teeth, um, I wanted to concentrate on how much, um, the customer was so happy because we had managed to save him lots of money on the vet's vets fees and those dogs teeth will be will be looking really nice and really good and the gums will become really healthy again you know once we've finished all the treatments so it's about um selling the result isn't it it's selling the the customer
2: and it's Um, it's it's making the customer well informed as well um you know like the majority of customers don't understand that giving a dentist stick to their dog once a fortnight is, is not going to look after their teeth. They don't understand that. Mm -hmm. So by educating them um, about the, you know, the Emmy pet or the cleany teeth or Mm -hmm. even just normal brushing and the teeth gels and whatnot, that's available just by educating them and saying that, you know, this, this sort of teeth cleaning routine should be part of the dog's routine uh you know yeah. well-being treatments yeah. so um the the teeth cleaning is something i sell a lot um and you know my my big thing really is i say to the customers really every time your dog is groomed it should also be having its teeth cleaned as well and that's a minimum you know if you can do it at home as well on a daily basis great um, but as a minimum, we should be doing, uh, you know, a professional clean on it every, you know, four to six weeks or yeah. however often they come in. And people say,
0: oh, oh, what do you mean? We only take the dogs to the vets to have their teeth clean once a year. And we're like, how often do you clean your teeth?
2: <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. I think it's that they need to realise, you know, that it is prevention. You know, yeah. if you don't clean your teeth for a year then you know you're going to have to go and have teeth out I think it's where um, as dog owners and we're all guilty of it I know I certainly have been in the past Um, you just you you don't know what you don't know and if nobody takes the time to educate you um, you know when you do go to take your dog for the vaccinations once a year and they go oh yeah your dog's going to need some teeth out you just kind of think of it as a Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what happens to dogs. You know, every now and again, they need some teeth out rather than sort of trying to educate people that if you do these various things, it then either prevents it becoming a problem at all, or, you know, it, it prolongs the need for them to be knocked out and have sort of more invasive, more expensive procedures. And vets are not gonna, um, you know, I, I can say this, I have a lot of good friends that are vets, but vets are not gonna turn around and go, oh, no, no, we don't need to do that this time. Uh, you can just go home and brush your teeth. You know, they're gonna say, yeah, that's fine, bring it in, we'll scale and polish.
0: We do, um, we do have some vets and I don't quite know who they are at the moment because obviously the customers don't always tell us, but we do have some older dogs that the vets say, actually, we don't want to put the dog under anaesthetic and they do actually refer them to us, which I think...
2: Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I get that a lot as well. Um, and it's because, you know, at the end of the day, that dog is a major anaesthetic risk. Yeah. Um, and although... Um, you know, if if you leave teeth in the mouth and they are in bad condition and they do rot, you know that has its own problems. You've you've got a way up, you know, which is more likely to to finish that dog off first: its teeth or knocking it out under a general anaesthetic. Okay. Um, and you know, we you know, even with the ultrasound cleaning, you know, you can't you can't get rid of everything if it's got to that stage. No. But you can help you can make the dog a bit more comfortable, um you know, and the owners feel then like they're they're you know they're they're trying to do the best for their dog, you know, but they they don't want to knock it out and I was in the same situation where um my dog last year she uh she had to have a couple of teeth out um for other reasons, and we were sort of in that situation where we were like, she's seventeen, do we? do We do it, do we not do it? Um, you know, and, and the vet was the same, like, mm, uh, mm, don't know. Um, you know, and it's, it's a tough decision to make when they're older,
0: yeah. And on the flip side of things, we've had dogs come in for um, teeth cleaning appointments, we've actually found broken molars and stuff, and it's like, gotta go to the vet, I'm afraid, but we found it. And yeah, we've had, we've had dogs come in that um, you know, they've had their teeth cleaned and stuff, and then the owners are saying, it's eating again. You know, you, you've done something so well, you've cleaned its yeah. teeth, you've removed some of that pain and, and discomfort. The dog's actually eating again. So it's been. I think
2: the thing is that because owners look at their dogs every day, they don't always notice those really small changes in their behavior or their appetite. And then, when something is done to make it better, they suddenly see that change in the dog and they're like, oh, well, you know, what's happened to my dog? He's running around like a puppy again, or, you know, whatever. And it's, you know, it's then when they realize how bad it potentially was.
0: Yeah. And we've got some questions coming in. Yeah. Yourself so a
2: way off topic haven't we
0: <laughs> but it's nice it's nice to just uh, have a chat about stuff isn't it because you know you don't go to your groomers down the road or you might but you probably don't or these guys and girls don't go and knock on the groomers down the road and go oh hi how are you doing do you fancy a chat about grooming because normally you'd be like no go away <laughs> so I wish
2: more people did that in my area <laughs> In my area, we've I straddle two counties. So I'm actually in, in two Facebook groups, one for um, Berkshire and one for Oxfordshire. And both groups are actually really lovely and really supportive. And I think any one of the groomers in my area, you could just turn up and go, Do you fancy a cup of tea and a Natter and they're they're all really really supportive around here which is really nice
0: it's good because that's how you're going to develop your business and that's how you're going to grow we're getting those ideas from each other so
2: yeah like we had a groomer the other day that um you know something happened and she she couldn't groom and there was loads of people going well do you want me to pop over to your salon and and groom some dogs for you or you know somebody's blaster breaks and everybody's on there going oh I've got something you could use or you know it's really nice to have that support.
0: Yeah, because it is a lonely place. But uh Sandra has asked what online booking system do you use?
2: Are we allowed to say?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So are
2: you savvy?
0: Yeah. I've got uh Lisa coming up in a week's time actually
2: talking about it's really good. It's really, really helpful. Um, so I've I've trialled a couple. Um, and for various reasons, um, Savvy works for me. Um, and the the technical support is brilliant. They're really, really good. They will always bend over backwards to try and fix something for you. Um, it does take a little bit of getting used to. Um, and I am not the most technical <laughs> person. <laughs> I can just about work my phone. Um, but... Um, now i've got used to it it is really yeah. simple to use and it does a lot for you um so that's that's who i use but there are a lot out there again yeah. it's just working out what what suits you
0: i probably pester them a lot and they help support quite a bit it's like oh see him again
2: <laughs> yeah i think they do that with me too they're like oh god it's her again let's all pretend we're on holiday or something
0: <laughs> um Vicky, uh, this is quite a good um, question, actually. So Vicky's saying, should you book your diary primarily with what suits you rather than your customers? And I was going to talk about this because yes. people want to book, want to know how much you should be earning per hour and how many dogs is that going to be? But I think it's more creative than that. That's a bit like a jigsaw, isn't it? That dog's going to take that long yeah. will fit in there. And-
2: so obviously it's about making money and making as much money as possible. Um, but also it's about longevity. Um, so um, you know, I've I've been doing this a long time. I do have aches and pains and creaks and um, you know. <laughs> um so I need to book my diary to suit me if I book loads of big dogs in a day I'll be crippled the next day um and I know in one of my old salons I think there are a couple of girls on here that used to work for me in one of my old salons and they would all laugh when I do big dogs and I would have to shout and be like I'm stuck and my back (laughs) is my back's gone and they'd have to come in and get the dog out the bath for me or something so Um, You need to make sure that you primarily are booking for you. So I don't ask my customers when they want to come. I tell them what appointments I have. And I might have a gap tomorrow. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to tell them that. Because if I've got loads of big dogs and somebody rings up and says, I've got a Newfoundland, I'm going to say, I've got an appointment next Tuesday. Um, you know, and I'm not necessarily going to offer them that appointment tomorrow because I'm thinking, well, I've already got loads of really big dogs in or hand strips, for example. Mm. You don't want a whole day of hand stripping or a whole day of hand scissoring or a whole day of dogs that are a bit Annoying,
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Because you're going to go home and you're going to have to get the vodka out or something, you know. So you've you've got to book for you. You've got to think right. How many dogs am I capable of doing a day? But also, what type of dog? Like, you know, if if you've got dog after dog after dog that is going to really test your patience. By the time you get to that last dog of the day, mentally, you are not going to be in the right place to groom that dog um you know and it's it's making sure that you're booking for your um for your mental health for your physical health and also to make money as well so yeah book for you obviously you don't want to make customers wait too long but also sometimes if they think that they can call at the drop of a hat and you're like oh yeah I've got an appointment at two o'clock this afternoon that doesn't always go in your favor either because they can mess you about a little bit as well so yeah, book book for you first.
0: So I always listen to my wife Emma and um, her staff Chloe and Morgan, and it is always a constant conversation. You know, we've got this dog here. You know, so Mrs. So and So wants their dog in. Can we squeeze it in here? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And you've always got that financial target in your mind. Yeah. You know, we're looking at around eight hundred pounds a day. Can we? Can we do that? We have a We have a cat day. This cat will do there, and that. It, it's not a. 9 o'clock, we used to, we used to have like 5 in the morning, 5 in the afternoon, but now it's more scattered around the day.
2: Yeah, and it's it's also like you might get somebody phone up and they've got, I don't know, a staffy, you know, and you think, well, actually, I'm full tomorrow, but how long does a staffy take, you know? Like, I could easily squeeze that in somewhere else at the same time as something else, and it doesn't mean that you're having loads of dogs in at once So you're not giving that dog the attention it needs. But, you know, staffies take 30 seconds. So, yeah, it's you just need to know your capabilities and book for your capabilities. So I know um, a couple of ladies commented on my post saying, well, I wouldn't want to do that. I would only want to do five dogs a day. And like, that's absolutely fine. Like, don't do more than you want to do. Don't do more than you can do. Yeah. But also don't be afraid to push yourself a little bit sometimes as well. It's just it's knowing your dogs that's the big thing. It's like it's knowing your your customers. Like you're never going to try and squeeze a dog in if you've never seen it before. No. And it no. turns out like that is hooligan.
0: Yeah, you need you want that introduction, don't you? But going back to that point about you're saying about um you know, you might not want to do that many dogs, but you've also got to look at how much you want money you want to make. So if you're not wanting to do a volume of dogs, are your prices reflective of that? And are you pricing your...
2: Yeah, your absolutely. Food? And this is, this is where it goes back to knowing how much you need to charge because this is how much it costs for me to keep my business open. So I, you know, I base my figures off X amount of days a week, X amount of hours a day, and I also know, roughly, uh, if, if we're talking like average size dog, average temperament, average haircut, I know I can do between five and eight dogs a day. If you know you can only do three dogs a day, then you still need to be factoring that in. Because you need to think, right, well, it's, it's costing me X amount of pounds to open that front door. Mm. So if I only want to work till one o'clock, that's fine, but you need to factor that in. If you want to open from nine till five, but in that time, your experience level or or whatever, you can only do three dogs. Then again, you still need to be factoring that in and you need to be charging appropriately. And if you're not getting it, and this is again, where we went back to the conversation we had last time was if you're not charging appropriately, you have to do more dogs. Mm. Like you don't have a choice and you have to do those dogs that are annoying or you have to deal with those yeah, customers I mean, that are yeah. annoying because and you can't afford not to.
0: That's it. And if you find that you're um, really, really, really busy, but your are profit or, you know, you're really busy, but you're not actually making any money, then that's a big indication that you're not charging enough
2: Yeah, and I think that is the quickest way to hate your job.
0: Yeah, burn out.
2: But I'm sure, I think anyone in this group who says that they've never done a job they hate is lying. Um, I've done loads of jobs that I really hate. And when you look at it, you spend the majority of your time at work. Mm. So let's do something at work that we actually enjoy. But you've got to make money out of it because if, if you come home at the end of the day and you've worked from sun up till sundown, your back is aching, your wrists are aching, you're really tired and you can't pay your bills, you're going to very quickly resent having to do the work and having to do the dogs. Whereas if you come home and, OK, you've had a busy day and you're a bit knackered and whatnot, but your bills are being paid and you're earning an appropriate amount of money, it doesn't seem so bad. So it's, it's about, you know, we all do this job because we love to groom and we love the animals, but so many groomers, I think, go sour because they're not charging appropriately and they're, they're killing themselves um, trying to do all these dogs when or they, they need to do a few less dogs and charge a bit more.
0: That's it. And have you got experience of working in a home environment, working from your own home, or I know you do mobile? How do you work out your charges for... Or your costings for mobile grooming.
2: So exactly the same as in a salon. It, it doesn't matter what your setting is. It doesn't matter whether you uh, work from a garden room or a pod or a room in your house. It doesn't matter whether you're an in-house groomer where you go and groom dogs in other people's houses. It doesn't matter if you're mobile. It doesn't matter if you're salon based. It 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 doesn't matter. So you all you need to do is work on the same basis where you need to work out every single penny that needs to be spent for that business. And that is how you work it out. It's so, you know, for, for a salon, you're going to have rent, you're going to have gas, you're going to have electric, you're going to have water, um, you know, you're potentially going to have business rates and, and things like that, you know, um, In a van, you're not going to have that, but you are going to have potentially uh, rent or lease on a van or finance payments on a van. You're going to have fuel, which is obviously a big cost for a mobile groomer. You're going to have to put tyres on that van. You're going to have to get it serviced. You're going to have to get it MOT'd. You're going to have to have maintenance. You also need to factor in that if you... uh, so. Prime example, last week went to get in the van, start motor went.
0: Mm. Yeah, you got a days worth of work. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, that's 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 not only is that money that is you've got to pay out to fix the van, that's also then a day's wages that you've lost. Yeah. So and you've got to try and fit those dogs in somewhere else.
0: So let's just sort of um, break this down. So if you're um so if you've got a year's worth of um, experience, you've run your own business for a year, you can then start calculating those costs, can't you, by um, working out how many days of the year you worked, you work out your your you know how much that van cost you in maintenance for that year, and then start dividing that down. And then you can start yeah. adding that to so,
2: your van. Yeah, so you can do it when you start out as well. You don't sort of need to, to have a year under your belt to do it, but you just need to work you need to just make a list sit down and either write it out or do it on a spreadsheet or however you want to do it just sit down and write it out and you do need to think as as small as fragrance sprays
1: Mm.
2: as uh (laughs) toilet rolls you know like we said last time like who's buying your toilet rolls you know you need to factor that in so you need to think about um you know sharpening you need to think about uh if you drop a 30 blade on the floor that's Mm -hmm. got to be replaced you need to think about all your maintenance of your equipment replacing your equipment you've got to think about advertising costs you've got to think about insurance you've got to think about if you've got staff there are various costs associated you know wages uniforms paying their national insurance contributions, all these sorts of things that come out of their wages, that's all got to be factored in. You've got to think about your tax bills, yeah. um, you know, every single thing. Um, so like a couple of people have uh, private messaged me saying, "Or well, can you give me some advice? And I've said, right, the first thing I do is they write, write down a list of, um, uh, a list of expenses for your business and, um, and somebody came to me the other day and they didn't have shampoo on their list. You know? And it's, it's so easy to miss something like that, though. Yeah. Like, a, a really common one is phone. They miss the phone off. Um, or they uh, they don't factor in things like sharpening and repairs. They'll go, oh, my sharpening bill is X amount a month. And I'm like, right, but what about replacements? And they go, oh, my equipment's brand new. Well, yeah, but you still have to put money aside because at some point that is going to break.
0: And if you don't have equipment, you can't work, can you?
2: No. Um, so you you need to think about all of that. You then need to start thinking about right. Well, these are all my personal expenses, so this is what I need to earn. Um, then you need to start thinking about again your tax bills. So you need to put money aside for that. You also need to put money aside just for like savings you know for i don't know a rainy day or whatever you know something something goes wrong you need to have a cushion for that Mm -hmm. you know for that thing to go wrong and then you've got to start thinking about breaking it down into um you know again like we said last time i don't want to work 52 weeks a year most people do their calculations off 52 weeks a year you can't um most people go oh seven days a week who wants to work seven days a week um they don't factor in bank holidays do you want to work bank holidays do you not want to work bank holidays um you know and then you've got to break it down into days and then the amount of hours you want to work and it's just you know it, it needs to be every step of the way you just need to be as accurate and as detailed as you possibly can you're better off having too much detail
0: they not enough. And I think this comes back to our bookkeeping lesson, doesn't it? And our accounts lesson that's coming up. It's, yeah. it's about, you know, not waiting to the end of the year to have yeah. your bag of receipts and go, what have I spent? Uh, you know, uh,
1: yeah.
0: Weekly, <laughs> weekly yeah. monthly, at the very least,
2: spreadsheets. And the, the good thing these days is there's so many apps, like most of the people on here have mentioned, oh, I use... QuickBooks or I use um Xero or I use Sage or whatever. There's no excuse these days not to go and put fuel in and snap the receipt straight away. And then it's done. I, and would, then, uh,
0: I would have a health advisory. I have managed to mess up our QuickBooks account big time. Um, I have
2: to. <laughs> so
0: the, you know, don't I, I I royally fell for all the adverts on QuickBooks, you know, just go to a receipt and snap it away. And now We've come back and we've probably overpaid our VAT bill by about eighteen hundred pounds. It's a good savings account, maybe, but you know, um, get some advice and get some training. I think is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm not very tax tax tech savvy at all, and um, I've copped it up a couple of times. But again, once you. Once you know how to use it, they, they are relatively simple. Or you could do what I'm doing, which is go, do you know what? I'm really bad at that bit. I don't really understand how to use this software. I'm just going to pay somebody else to do it. Mm. And I've just got an accountant. Um, and so from from the new financial year, basically everything is just going in the post. It's going to the accountant and I don't have to think about it because, I'm just, I'm too busy trying to groom dogs and deal with customers to then, the last thing I want to do on a Friday night at nine o'clock is sit down and start going through receipts and things like that. So um,
0: yeah. And, um, you know, I was very much over the years, I've tried to do everything, you know, I've tried to build websites. I've tried to write brochures. I've tried to do, um, handbooks. It never happened. It never actually got to the final product and then you know paying other people yes you obviously got to spend the money but it pays off it pays off
2: yeah you've got to look at it as an investment in your business haven't you i think a lot of the time we're almost scared to spend money um especially Mm. when you're starting up and i think sometimes you have to look at it and go right i'm not spending this money it's me investing in myself or investing in my business um, is freeing me up to do something else or I'm paying this person because that is their particular area of expertise and they are very good at what they do Um, so it's yeah it's just about investing in your own in your own business, really, but it's uh, just one thing. is just not to be scared of it. Like I know I'm one of them as well. Like you start talking about tax and accounts and things like that, and everyone gets a bit jittery. But if you just think, oh well, I don't like that side of it, so I'm just going to ignore it. Um, it's
1: going to cost you money.
2: Yeah, it just it never works, and then you're really stressed at the end of the financial year because you're trying to submit accounts or something, and you haven't got a clue what you're doing, and you've lost a receipt from ten months ago, and whatnot
0: yeah. so just don't Thanks. be scared of it let's embrace like there's let's we, There was a big discussion about VAT on the group and in other yes. groups the other day you know let's face the facts right tax is there tax is essential you have to pay tax I'm a big believer in tax you know we have just gone through the NHS really needs some money mm-hmm. right now um tax paying tax means you're making money paying tax means your business is successful um Going through the VAT barrier means you're being successful, yeah. and you need to go through it and carry on going through it to make it worthwhile. I think we kind of looked at other people, and they sort of said, "Oh, don't do it, don't do it." But if you do it and go through it, it just you know, one of those things,
2: isn't it? It's just you know, as your business grows and as your business becomes more successful, it's just one of those things that it has to be done. It's it's there. It is what it is you Do just it. And
0: get on with it i spoke to a few um groomers that were like oh my business is like it, it's hitting the vat threshold and i'm trying to hold it back but it's not really allowing me to and i'm like just let it go and make sure you drive it and make sure you drive yeah. it through smash the bat was the uh, motto but what yeah. i was gonna say was yes we have to pay tax but Um, the government is also a bit business-friendly because they want you to pay tax. So there are incentives out there, you know, self-employed, you do pay lower rates of tax and lower rates of national insurance. There are tax schemes out there, like limited companies, there's ways to get your money out of your company, pensions and dividends. So there are ways. If you embrace the tax system and liaise and speak to your accountant, there are ways to make it work for you as well. And I
2: think this is one thing that um, I am um, looking forward to having an accountant is because they are the experts, they do know all these different things. And, um, you know, how you can get money out of your business and how to make tax work for you and how to make, you know, how to make your business work for you. And I think a good accountant will pay for themselves in the money that they save you.
0: Most definitely, most definitely. So I think that's a really good that's a really good lesson. And um, you know, there's someone on the comments, um, Adele was saying, "Any tips for a new business owner? I've been grooming for six years now. Just left the company to open my own high street um, shop. Anything you do differently if you could go back?" For me, it would be get help. You know, put these things in place to help you. I know it's difficult to begin with, but it will pay off. um Um,
2: be realistic um and by when I say be realistic I don't mean that in a negative way either um so I think you need to be um you know again you need to be aware of all of your overheads all of your costs you need to be realistic in what you need to earn from the get-go Um, you know you don't want to be open and then after three or four months go oh I'm not earning enough I need to put my prices up you know work it out now be realistic now so as soon as you open your prices are there you know exactly how much you need to earn you know exactly what you need to charge and it's about being honest with yourself and having those conversations with yourself rather than going oh I just want to Pat puppies all day in my shop you know it's it's it, like I said to you didn't I in that message I sent to you earlier it's amazing how as groomers we think running a business is just about grooming
1: mm-hmm.
2: and such a small percentage of running a grooming business is actually grooming so I do think you need to be really realistic as a new business owner but I think you also just need to be brave like there's a lot of times that I wish I'd just been that bit braver and not silly with it but just be a bit braver and push yourself a little bit more and put yourself out there and be braver to have those conversations with customers be braver to go well this is what I'm worth this is what I need to charge so that is my price
0: yeah and be and be um willing to say no if that customer bit with you and say no. Yeah. Don't, don't compare your prices to others. Don't start no. your prices off from other people and watch the uh, imposter syndrome video. I think that's quite a good one to... started watching that of. this
2: morning actually when I was walking the dog um, mm-hmm. and I only saw the first half of it but it was really, really good and uh, it's something that I will be finishing tomorrow when I'm walking the dog.
0: <laughs> no, it's something to be aware of if you don't suffer from imposter syndrome but it's something to... Be aware of because you might realise you do, and I've certainly had it over throughout my life. Where there's been times where I've I've suffered from it. So once you're aware of it, you can deal with it, can't you? And yeah, it will help you. The next one, uh, up to you if you want to answer it. Someone's asking how many customers do you have on yours on your books? Um, we've got about fourteen hundred, I believe, roughly.
2: I would say we. It's a bit difficult at the moment because we've got two sides of it. Um, and obviously, um, at the moment with COVID and everything, it's all a bit complicated. I would say at the moment, we probably have about 700 and they're always going to be yeah.
0: fluctuating as well, aren't they? Yeah, of course. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And just because um, you've got a customer on your books, it might—they might be a once-a-year Labrador, so, yeah, or
0: Christmas, something.
2: Yeah, Christmas Labrador. <laughs>
0: yeah, Christmas Labrador. <laughs> that, that big rush. Um, how? So Emma uh, has asked. Emma Shanks has asked. How do you work out your wage at the end of the week? We've been in a situation where our bath is getting a higher weekly wage. Because we are scared of digging deep into the profit.
2: Who uh so sorry, Emma, are you are you the business owner and you're paying your bathroom a wage?
0: Yeah, sounds like it. Um so then, I
2: would say you're not working out your costs properly then. Um because first and foremost, you before you employ anybody, you need to be taking a wage and you need to be earning what you need to earn. So I would be saying that you need to work out how much it costs you to open your salon door. You need to be working out how much your personal costs are. So you have an idea of, why well, I need to earn this much. So I need to take X amount out of the business a year or a month or a week or however you're going to work it out. Only when you're doing that should you be thinking about employing... other staff, and obviously I know there is always going to be that slight um that slight moment where you need to take somebody on but there potentially isn't quite enough work just yet because there's only just been you so there is going to be a slight dip um but also I you know it's (sighs) I I sort of need to know a little bit more about the situation
0: to answer that. Are you self-employed or limited company? I know she's listening. She just typed yes. But, you know, if you're self-employed, you're going to be paying tax on all that money anyway.
2: Yeah.
0: Profit or non-profit. You obviously remember you got that um, tax-free limit as a wage of 12, I think it's about
1: £12,500. Yeah, yeah.
0: Take. Um, but also as a, as a limited company, you know, you actually are, you can be an employee of your company and you could just set yourself, I'm going to take X amount, um, of money per month. and
1: then make Yeah. Sure. So, yeah.
2: so for example, I'm a limited company. Um, mm. I'm self-employed, I'm a limited company. Um, I imagine she is too. If she's employing somebody, then she probably oh, is a limited company too. Um, groomers, but I. Her? Huh?
0: A partnership, two groomers and one baber. That's like a sole. Okay,
2: solar but solar. Our, the, the two partners, mm. I'm assuming they are a limited company. And they are, I mean, I, I'm a limited company and I'm PAYE.
1: Yeah.
2: So uh, I am, I, yeah. If, if Emma, I don't know, if Emma wants to PM me or something, I can maybe talk through it a bit better. But without knowing a bit more about your situation, it's a bit difficult. If, if you've got the two partners, um, that are grooming together and then you've got a bather, then either your business is not busy enough to require a bather or your uh you know you've, you've got something wrong in your calculations there because as, yeah. as you two partners you should be earning without a Arthur and then if you if you're bringing your bathroom in that's because you know potentially you're getting into the stage where you're too busy and you need to create extra time by giving the prep to somebody else um yeah I'm a bit Without knowing a, a few more specific details about your situation, Emma, it's a bit it's a bit tricky to I
0: was just wondering, I've just sent Emma a link to the Zoom call and I wondered if she was able to come on. Yeah. Like, this is proper techie, this is.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm like my mind's blown with this already.
0: <laughs> Emma if you're there and uh, <laughs> I,
2: don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore
0: <laughs> I'm going to get my Ouija board out Emma if you're there come yeah. join the call um, Emma <laughs> I've sent you a message if you're there and you can join the um, Zoom call I've sent you a link and maybe you can talk about it it's up to you but um, she's just commented saying two groomers um, about 20 dogs a day so you know the business is there but the, the volume appears to be there um so it comes down to your basics um, pricing. pricing maybe mm-hmm. and you know yes you've got profit but um i don't know how. It's the
2: problem is it's, it it you can do 20 dogs a day and be charging 10 pounds yeah, a
0: 10 dog be, yeah uh, um,
2: you know so so for me if 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 they are doing 20 dogs a day between two two stylists and a, a Bartha then there is something seriously wrong with your pricing.
0: But I think one of the, the key elements was that was she said she didn't want to go into her profit. So you know
2: if you're making you're a profit, that's what it's there wife. for. You know, yeah, your profit you is there to to pay that wage and and whatnot. And by paying that wage, okay, to start with you're going to be eating into your profit, but that bathroom is then it's like we said about the receptionist, isn't it? Mm. okay, they're they're a lower skill set than a stylist, but they are giving the stylist time. You know, you don't need to be a stylist to wash a dog, yeah. but she can she can be doing all the washing and whatnot, which means you're gonna get through more dogs a day, which means you're gonna bring more money into the business. So don't be scared of it's like we said earlier, don't be scared of spending the money. You've got to spend money to make money
0: yeah definitely and then it opens up your mindset and it, all of a sudden you know you're not stressed about your accounts you're not stressed about you know the phone going crazy you can get your yeah. day job and and work through it we'll um we'll leave emma if she can't work it out maybe i'll um grab a live with her and see if we can work through those issues and um vicky again asked about costs when working from home and I think I need to ask um Vicky our accountant about this as to how what percentage you can claim for your electricity gas and water and you're definitely not going to be getting your mortgage through your business
2: yeah I, I think it depends on um like how much area of your home like I know you can claim for example you can claim an office space in your home and stuff like that but yeah I think that's probably a question for an accountant really
0: yeah definitely um yeah but i think that is all the questions i think we've tied up i think we've covered a lot of topics tonight haven't we really we've done
1: quite well <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, I, mean, I
2: don't know maybe i think we've gone off tangent a bit but i think uh, it was still full of useful useful oh, yeah. information
0: Packed, packed with value for everyone and i'm sure
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, people watch this and again um i'll put this onto youtube so people can watch it and then you can pull the video off youtube for um your own purposes if you want to use that and um you know maybe this becomes a regular monthly thing <laughs> Chat yeah, <with> you. yeah.
1: <laughs> you i'm happy know. to
2: do that yeah
0: is <laughs> something somebody... i
2: can sit here and waffle for, for an hour <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think I think we've put the worlds to rights tonight over a yeah. lot of things. So <laughs> thanks a lot for um I don't think uh, Emma's gonna join us. She probably can't work it out. But
2: another time.
0: Yeah, we'll sort that out. We'll try and see if we can uh, help you out, Emma. But yeah, it's been great speaking to you. And um we've got another one tomorrow night at eight o'clock. We've got Vicky the pet accountant on tomorrow night. Eight o'clock. So yeah, that's oh, well done. Emma has entered the room Oh, There you go, look at this She's just connecting to audio This is almost as good as television (laughs) (laughs) Oh Emma, you didn't connect to audio, try again Hey, can you hear us? Can you hear us? You need to try and connect to audio again. Don't work with people and animals and children.
2: Or groomers. Or groomers.
0: (laughs) There you go, it's trying to connect to audio again. Hopefully this time. There you go. You're muted now, you're mute.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The wonders of technology.
0: Hi! How can you've done the whole lot? Now, uh, using oh.
2: <laughs> I'm so not good with this. Don't worry, none of us are. That's why we group dogs.
0: <laughs>
3: That's
2: a nightmare. Yeah. Well, then,
0: what's, what's going on then?
3: So, it's the we have a very successful Northern Ireland um, yeah. dog grooming business. It's a partnership. Me and my partner started it up about three and a half years ago. So it was just getting to the capacity where there was too many dogs coming in. I was the groomer. My partner was the bather. I trained him up to groom. So we had to bring in our bather. Yeah. So her early rate, she's fantastic. She does everything. She cleans, she baths, everything. I'm teaching her now to clip. So she's getting her early rate with the hours that we're doing She's coming out with a higher wage than what I'm taking and what my partner's taking at the moment.
0: So what she, what's she she earning hourly?
3: £9 an hour.
0: Okay. And how many hours yeah. are you doing? How many hours? About 35. So, and how many hours are you doing?
3: 35. The same. We bring her to and from work, so the same hours, but she's getting... A good lot of profit compared to us, Our profit, wage. And then you're, you,
2: uh, can I just ask, sorry, your £9, whatever it is, an hour, is, yeah. that, is that net or gross? No. Is that what she did? That's okay.
0: Yeah. So are you limited company or are you sole trader? Sole trader. Sole trader, yeah. <laughs> um, so how, do you mind s- saying how much you're earning an hour? Or how much 50 you went 150 a away. Sorry? 150
3: 250 away. 250 a week. Sorry, 350. 250.
0: 250. But then there's two of
3: us. I think this is where we're panicking because it's a partnership, but it's also a partnership outside of work. Yeah. So we're taking a joint wage, if you know what I mean, and she's getting her wage. There is profit being made. Mm-hmm. Which I'm scared to dip into. I just don't
0: know how to work out a wage, like why, a
1: hourly. Do do do
0: do so um, we used to. So when we first started, we used to work out how many days each person worked per per month, and then work out their hourly rate. And you know that just got really complicated. So we went on to a salaried. So we we salaried everyone. A wage. So we just took the we took their wage and divided it by 12, and that's what they get per month, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, is that how you that's uh, so what must be how pets at home would have done it, Laura?
2: Um I I, mm, yeah. I wouldn't like to hazard a guess as to how they work out their payroll, to be honest. Um <laughs> I know um things would be advertised for a stylist as a as an hourly rate, but the salon managers were salaried. Um yeah. I think sometimes it's um it comes down to a case of overthinking things as well. I think once you start working out hourly rates and this, that and the other, I think it is a much better way to do it the way Bill's doing it, where it, it's you are salaried, that's what you get each month. Because I think sometimes you just you just overthink things a little bit too much if you start okay. breaking it down into every single hour that they're working um and again you've got to sort of think about the value that they're bringing into the business um like you say you're you're starting to train her to groom as well as bath yeah so you know her you're not paying her any more money for that though I assume
3: no now she did start at eight pound an hour and she's with the grooming and things she's went up to nine pound an hour over here uh, phil grimmer would get 10
2: pound an hour okay so i think you need to you need to sort of um again it goes back to what we were saying earlier where it's you sort of need to invest in the business to get money out of the business obviously if she's just bathing then um you know she's still bringing money in even though yeah. she you're, you're still doing the same amount of dogs at the moment but you know when she can clip and and do things like that you know she's freeing up you to potentially do more complicated haircuts which you're going to charge more for or you know it means that she could potentially as well as bath your dog she could I don't know if you pre-clip or whatever you know she can get yeah. pre-clipping done as well um, which again is, is freeing up more time for you. And I think if you're making a profit, you're just scared to sort of dip into the profit. I think as long as you know everybody's everybody's making money at the moment, your business is, is making a profit, I don't think you should worry too much. Um, I think you. do you know how much it costs for you to keep your salon open every day, like per hour? How much does it cost you? An hour. Okay, so do you know if you're charging appropriately? No. How do you work out your price? How do you work out your price? How much are you for a cockapoo? 30, 35, most. Ca- okay, so how did you come up with that figure?
3: Just the groomers in the area. Just going from the general kind of. Do,
2: do you know... Um, the ins and outs of their finances do you know if they're making money do you know what bills they have no no so how do you know that they are not making a really really heavy loss I don't yeah so I think this is what we were saying earlier I think really you need to break it down and make sure you're charging appropriately because uh, I mean I'm not confident enough to say what the market is where you are um you know i I don't know how much like the average prices are and stuff in in your location but for me i wouldn't touch a -a cockapoo for 35 pounds how much could you do a -a cockapoo for they start at 47 really and that's a starting price so that would be a dog that comes to me every four to six weeks no more than six weeks what about, be a dog what about like, that, a clip down cocker a short short cocker well what a 7f the, all off cocker yeah 47 really yeah 30 here yeah and i i mean i'm not in a particularly affluent area i know people go oxford oh everyone's loaded in oxford they're not okay like you know people don't have that much money around here but um i know how much it, it i can tell you like how much it costs me shampoo to like how to how much to shampoo a dog like that's that's how into my figures I am so I yeah. know I have to charge these prices see this and is, why, is including I why I'm this I
3: love the grooming side of it I love yeah. kept and dogs all the grooming but do you see all like how much per day shampoos this, but is, this is the I've thing like
2: done. I love grooming dogs bet you need to know yeah I love grooming dogs and if and I just could just me. groom dogs all day every day I'd be happy but yeah. in order for me to groom dogs all day every day and be happy and still be happy doing this in 10 years time I have to know all well, of this on. yeah so, so yeah. I think you need to look at your price then
0: yeah going back to a cockapoo and you know there's two schools of thoughts around this we charge 48 pounds for the cockapoo but we then go on to charge three pound 95 for the nail trim three pound 95 for the ear clean and three pound 95 for glands uh i'm not going into that debate right now
1: do you pluck ears
0: (laughs) sorry
3: pluck ears
0: yeah pluck ears yeah I'm not going into that debate, and um, <laughs> so you see what I mean. So a a full groom on a cockapoo for us um, first 1185 is fifty nine pound eighty five, and that's for a full groom. So because we charge three pound
2: ninety five. it's because you've yeah. got the add-ons. Whereas I charge the way I look at it is a full groom for me is, is that everything the dog needs so it includes nails it includes ears uh cleaning plucking whatever they need um so my but again my 47 would be for a cockapoo that is having a 5f all off if yeah, they want a teddy tr- if they want a teddy chair tree. so again i was having a conversation with somebody the other day and um they were saying oh well again relating back to my eight dogs a day scenario they went, oh, well, it must all be clip-offs or shave-downs. And I, I only get breed standards um, in my salon. And they, you know, I think some people can be a bit snobby about breed standards and clip-offs. and that. But the, the person I was talking to, I said, well, do, do you charge more for a breed standard? Well, no, I have a Westie price. And if that Westie's having a 4F all off or they want a breed standard, they're, they're charging the same. If if a cockapoo comes into me and they want like a a, 5F short shave down, it's 47. If they want a long, I don't know, eight comb teddy trim or whatnot, you're looking at nearer 60 pounds for that. And again, that's coming in every six weeks. And um, if there's matting, I charge for that. If I have to shave out armpits because there's matting or I have to shave an ear off, they get charged for that. If they come to me, um, if if they go more than ten weeks in a groom, they get hit with a restyle charge. If they, you know, a cockapoo goes goes nine or ten weeks for me, they they get fifteen pound minimum added on top of their groom before I've even looked at that dog because for me that's a restyle. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you you know you I'm sure we'll have people on here that watch this and go what the hell I can't believe you get away with. And that's probably some of the words that we use. I can't believe you get away with charging that much money. Well, actually, we've been going 16 years and we've always been the most expensive groomer in our area. That's, that says something in itself, doesn't it? You know, It
2: does. And what I was, you know, I was having this exact same conversation this afternoon with my sister. Just because I'm, I'm probably one of the most expensive people in my area too. But the way to look at it is, just because you charge more than the others doesn't mean you're expensive. It probably means that everybody else is far too cheap. Mm. It doesn't make you expensive. You just know your worth, you know your costs, and that's what you need to charge to, you know, to stay afloat and pay your bills and pay your wages. If, if other people want to charge less... Then either they have less overheads, which is great for them. You know, they if they don't need physically need to earn quite so much money an hour, then brilliant. But in my experience, that's not the case. It's because they they don't fully have a grasp of their their costs, um, and they're charging less because they they just don't they just don't know what it costs to. Mm. to keep you know to keep their businesses going and even if you don't need to earn 45 pounds an hour if everybody else is charging 45 pounds an hour why would you not charge 45 pounds an hour and just have the extra money in your pocket
0: so does your um is she employed or self-employed does she bill you or do you pay her wages what she's employed right so um you're paying her around um pounds a year by looks of it
1: yeah
0: and you're getting around thirteen thousand pounds a year by looks of it (laughs) and your partner the same yeah. and then you have a bit of money left over which is your profit yeah yeah but you're you're a sole trader aren't you so yeah you get taxed on that whatever so it's in the business account
3: but it's it's almost like the money in the business account you're scared to touch. It's the business money. It's in case of COVID, in case, do you okay. know, it's always the backup for the rank coming out. It's the backup for...
1: Have yeah. you...
0: So um, so a, a mentor once told me, you know, have your six month get six months worth of business expenses. Is that possible?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So you have that saved... Oh, sure. yeah.
0: There's your buffer. You know, all goes wrong. You've got six months' worth of business expenses there to get you out of a poo poo. All right. Sorry, I'm just writing this down and sort (laughs) of
1: talking. So
0: you've got you've got your buffer there. You've got your buffer, and that. Oh, what's gone? And that enables you to make decisions. So you've got that buffer there. You can tuck that away in your savings. You know, you can add a little bit to it if you want to, if you do particularly well one month. But, you know, if you do, you can't, I was going to say, if you're a limited company, you could put extra into a pension because you can do that for tax-free. Maybe we'll explore this next week when we speak to an accountant. But as a sole trader, from what I believe, from our our bookkeeping uh, lesson the other day, you're going to be paying tax on it, whatever. So why not take it as a wage and then live a little bit, you know, enjoy a bit, enjoy being self-employed and enjoy working for yourself. And and even if you then squirrel that away and have six months personal buffer as well, you know, you can put six months away on your own personal buffer in case you got sickness or, you know, and then you've got money aside and that really helps your mindset to make good decisions.
3: See, that's it, because it's almost, you're growing to resent it because you're working so hard and you're paying someone else more yeah. than what you're, do you know what I mean? More than what you're doing for
0: working here. Um, you know, even if you... Do you think you could earn the same as your baby to start with? Yeah. It's just... Do it.
3: <laughs> Sorry, my son keeps bringing me. He just keeps going. Um, it's just that
1: fear of not having enough. Being brave, and- isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I just need to... The-
0: you, as long as you've got that buffer, you know you've got that six months worth of operating expenses, and that can, and if you're, you could turn that into eight months or twelve months, you know, if yeah. that helps your mindset. But once you've got that buffer there, you can then invest in your business. You can upgrade your equipment, or you can pay yourself a bit more wages, or you could. See, this uh, is the
3: things we've been doing instead of taking a bigger wage. We've put down a new floor. We've got better dryers. We've got better tables. We've got a new bath so the money's being spent but not on you spent back into the business if you know what I mean yeah
0: yeah yeah. Well, once you get to a position where you're happy then obviously that. you've yeah. got to be happy as well haven't you exactly. and I, I understand I'm in business with my wife and I understand the pressures that can also bring to, to a relationship as well because it's like oh we're not earning
3: completely yeah yeah and then working together and living
0: together <laughs> no that's it but Laura Laura is so right before you put your your bather's wage up again make sure you understand all your costs of your business and then when you do put them, because they're going to want wage increases at some point, she's going to get better you know, you then got to make sure you factor that in maybe into a price increase as well Um, and then maybe you look at bringing her on as a groomer and then get an apprentice to become a bather yeah. You know, you're paying the apprentice four pound fifteen an hour and you get some to a point where they're doing a Labrador where you're charging 48 45 yeah. quid. That's a lovely bit of margin there, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Thank you very much. All
1: right.
3: Yes, right. I'm gonna try and this now and carry on with <laughs> how you go on. <laughs> <And
1: I'm laughs>
2: Thank you, you so
1: a- much. <laughs> Bye. Okay.
2: Bye
0: brilliant there you go i think i'm gonna go and put the, be- the kids to the bed
2: <laughs> yeah i think everyone can go and crack open a guinness now can't they
0: oh yes yeah, um st patrick's day isn't it
2: it is yeah
0: well thanks a lot thanks for your time no and, problem uh, we'll see you and speak to you all soon
1: okay okay <laughs>